Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure for December the something of the something. 21. 2021. It's December 5th. There we go. 2021. If you're counting on flying cars... Peaceful society and um, other future type things. What are other future things? Robot um, dog walkers. Yeah, I mean, are those maybe they may Uber delivers with robots. Yeah, that's true. But like a person walks about a hundred supervise. yards behind like, the robot so, so it's just like what are we doing here I, yeah society I don't, I don't totally understand the point nor do i other than it's cool <laughs> maybe it's like an advertising thing or maybe they're they're trying to train the robots to eventually be self-sufficient well i mean i think once the robots are self-sufficient we are doomed not that we're not doomed already i mean so whatever maybe the robot overlords will run the place better God, I hope so. Anyway, I hope you're all well. I'm uh, contending with a little bit of a cold that was uh, bestowed upon me by Henry, who got it from somewhere, but Dory also had a cold at the same time. So I'll blame my nephew, Sam. (laughs) I blame Florida. Well, (laughs) Florida, huh? Guys. Like, when in doubt, blame Florida. Uh... Yeah, but we've had, I mean, I've had, how many? Four COVID tests since then? I've had one. Henry's had one. All negative. So, sometimes a cold is just a cold. Yep. You know, like the hoof prints, you don't think zebra. Yep. You just, maybe it's horse. But isn't, aren't colds coronaviruses? Yes. So, like, we have coronavirus. We just don't have COVID-19. You're so rude. (laughs) I'm just saying. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, look, let's talk about it. What's happening this week? 
Henry's an emotional wreck, everybody. Henry is... Going through some feelings. He has so many feelings. It's a... It's a lot. To, yeah. To, to grapple with. Like... He's no longer uh, amenable to anything. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. Yeah. He used to be like down for whatever. Yeah. Now he's like, fuck no. Now he's like, yes, I want to go to Target until we get to the parking garage. Then I want to go home. Yeah. And I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, I think he was hungry. Because after he had the bar, he was he kind of calmed down. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. But I found you when he was yelling, like, in the store. That's because he w- was looking for you, A. And B, there was a line at the pharmacy, and he saw the line, and he was, like, he mad about it. He also didn't want... I think he was upset because he couldn't have a Lego guy. The, well, the Lego man bag? Yeah, that, that was a reason for him to be upset. That was a reason for him to be upset. We did get him a... New Lego backpack, though. Yeah. When it's from said, the Lego yeah. Target collab. It's pretty dope, everybody. Check it out. Did you order your jacket? Not sponsored. Yeah, I did. Cool. Did you get the... Oh, no, you can't get the pants because they're not available Pants yet. drop on December 7th. Oh, baby. At midnight, so I'll be there. Okay. I won't be there. Listen. I'll forget. We appreciate Target size inclusivity. Sure. Well, I just... Especially in regards to sweatpants because I just want the most baggity bag bag sweatpants ever so I can sleep in them. Because I'm a little tired of it's cold. I'm sleeping in jeans. Yeah, we're all tired of that. Well, rude. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he has become very uh, stressed about people coming back. Yeah, someone was recommending a Daniel Tiger episode. There is a Daniel Tiger episode called something like Parents, Parents Always Come Back. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should show that to him. Which sets us up for failure if we ever don't. I know. <laughs> um, someone was talking about that at, at work when I was talking about uh, this. Because mm-hmm. Dory took him, he finally, once his quarantine was over, Dory took him to preschool on Friday. And I don't remember if I said it on this podcast or on our Patreon episodes, patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure, but like, I was weary of this preschool situation because of the way he did not care for the camp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Dory was like, you know, optimistically saying, well, you know, he's, he's, he's used to it. It's, he knows all the people. Well, maybe it won't be a problem. But then it was. It was a problem. He was hysterical by the time we got to the point where I left him with the teacher and then one of his teachers called me 45 minutes into school to say that he was still crying. But unlike the kids club at club med, right. Uh, they did not say I had to come pick him up. <laughs> well, you know, they were just kind of wondering if there was any like precipitating event, like maybe he hadn't eaten breakfast or didn't sleep well or something. And you know? to our like, knowledge, the only precipitating event is that he spent so much time with us. And I was like, and we're no, that lovable. He's just very emotional right now. So we kind of talked about that. Um, so yeah, he's just, he's just got a lot of big feelings right I now. I mean, Dory wrote a book for him for his bedtime because every night at bedtime, he was getting so emotionally sad about uh, whether or not he would wake up. I don't think whether or not he'd wake up, just the idea of like, going to sleep i guess yeah um and at first the book made him really sad yes but he just had to have it read to him about 73 times (laughs) and i also no longer read the sentence about henry getting sad at bedtime sometimes right it's probably a handy cut yeah good edit honey thank you thank you um yeah so that's that um just trying to like get restful sleep before Next week when I direct. How are you feeling about it? Directing. Well, I'm hoping that this nasally cold thing goes away. Yeah. And I'm hoping that uh, I get enough sleep. It's their big day. They're big, big days. So, you know, doing the 200th episode of the Goldbergs and the 201st episode. So, you know, a lot we have a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts, a lot of actor schedules. That's the thing that makes the schedule bananas. 
It's like when I need certain people and they're in a scene together, but they're only available for like half a day at the same time. Oh. You know, and it, because of so many people in the show, that becomes a problem now. Yeah. So our schedule's a little bonkers. And then it was like, you know, I was sitting with um, Nicole, my friend slash first AD, and we were talking about scheduling Friday, or rather on my, uh, Tuesday, which is our first day of shooting. And she was like, I just put these scenes as time permits. And I was like, and if we don't get them, where do we put them? And she's like, I don't know, like next Friday. I'm like, just put them, don't time permit it. I'll just go as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> and our prop, my prop, my friend, also my friend, buddy, slash our prop master on set, prop master, uh, texted me and said, uh, just saw the call sheet. Why does it look like we're making a music video? There's 43 different slugs and a hundred different things happening. And I'm like, they're all going to be like that. Aye, aye, aye. They really gave you a tough one, huh? It's a, it's you a know, doozy. It's, it's, I'm, I'm grateful for the challenge. Yeah. Do you think they deliberately gave you this episode? Uh, or was it sort of random? Well, it was a little random, but like also like once they got like two blocks in and like had scheduled things, then it was like, oh, who's going to do 200? Well, we still have to put Matt somewhere. Why don't we put Matt on 200? Mm. So it was like half and half. Right, right, right. Um, But, you know, looking forward to it. When, and, uh, when does it air? Do you oh, know? I don't know. I have to do my director's cut. Probably over Christmas. Okay. And then, if I had to guess, February. We should let the eggheads know. We will. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sort of been that. Although this morning, so like this week, here my, my wake up times this week have been the following times. It's been like four forty, five oh five, three twenty. 440, 4.15, record last night, I woke up at 2.06 a.m., so I'm having a great time. Dory went out to play poker on Tuesday, Friday, sorry, and I was dead to the world when she got home. I had gone to bed at 10. I didn't wake you up, did I? No. Which is rare, because you usually do. Mm. That's how asleep I was. You were, you seemed dead to the world. I was. And yes, I went to play poker. But I've been doing a lot of like, I'm up, I'm going to the couch, then I lay out on the couch. Mm. For some reason, like, when I have any nasal drip or whatever, the couch is like, better. Oh, interesting. Yeah wonder why i don't know hmm. i'm not a couch doctor are you a couch doctor write in to matt and dory at gmail or dory and matt at gmail.com or call us at 413-461-BABY that's right everybody all you have to do is pick up your cellular telephone and send us a call text <laughs> um interesting i I'm trying to think if anything of note happened to me this week. Mm, I played poker. Right. IRL. Yeah. That was fun. Um, Now you're not the only poker player in the family. Well, now you're the only poker player in the family because you have tennis Wednesday nights. (laughs) And for some reason, our Tuesday game has turned into a Wednesday game post-pandemic. I don't understand it personally. Well, I only have Wednesday night tennis for two more weeks and i probably won't be able to go anyway <laughs> no you probably won't so i'll be busy if you want to go back to wednesday night poker classic dory shafrir you know matt myra situation i don't think i'm gonna be home friday dory works out convoluted babysitting schedule with our nanny i text her at four o'clock i'm heading home <laughs> you were home at four oh, yeah i was home like not even like I thought I would be shooting longer, but then like I got pulled in all these I had like so much production meeting stuff all day Friday and then like they wrapped like at lunch on the stage. And I was so out of it from 
doing being in prep for my episodes, and I was like, wait, how? What did how did that happen? Mm. So I was bad at estimating this week. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and I I'm wondering if the same thing is going to happen on Tuesday. I I feel like it is the sort of like Murphy's Law thing where like if I arrange a babysitter, you get home early, and if I don't, you get home late. Yeah. Like it almost always works out that way. Are you planning something someday? Well, Tuesday night I'm supposed to play mahjong. Get a babysitter. Get a babysitter. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's a lot to shoot, but like there's a world where I could get it done by seven. Right. But even getting it done at seven, I don't think helps you that much. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll take that under advisement. Thank you. Yep. Um, I just like games, you know. I guess I know that. I know you like that spelling game on your Times app. Mm-hmm. Spelling bee. Which I started the other day, and I was like three words in i was like that's it (laughs) i got a great and i was like okay oh great's good yeah so my great was a gimme g-i-m-m-e oh you must have gotten more than three words then no (laughs) well i probably could have had i just not looked at it gone you have to do more than how many letters what do you mean oh more than uh three letters Mm. It has to be at least four letters. I would have plowed it if it was like three letters and two letters. No problem. Sure. I mean, wouldn't we all? I guess. Um, whoa. What? You're, you okay there? Well, I was just getting closer and sitting back a little bit. Mm, okay. Well. As we ease into this I podcast spirit. I think we should take a break and hear from, from some eggheads. All right. Be right back. 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, Not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks tees or underwear you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness to date bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting i mean bombas can make returns easy as well i don't know why you'd return anything because what but they do have a 100 percent happiness guarantee so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those like, you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, 
folks. All I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. We're back here on the show, and we're going to hear from you folks, the eggheads, with the, you know, the world's slowest message board. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. This first email is from Amy. Matt and Dory, my partner and I are in the throes of IVF, attempting our first FET in January, and I'm stuck in the past listening to your podcast, currently on episode 106. But... I've been meaning to write to you to thank you for motivating me to fight for infertility coverage at work. It took a while, but I succeeded in getting infertility coverage starting in 2022. I work for a small city in Washington state and my healthcare is through the association of Washington cities covering 30,000 people throughout the state. Next year, 30,000 people will have access to a lifetime max of $25,000 for infertility coverage. Getting that is a that's no small potato. That is really cool. Getting the news that this coverage is being added is most definitely the best news I've gotten all year. When I feel demoralized about treatment, work, life, whatever, I remember that without my persistence, this coverage wouldn't exist. It makes me feel powerful and in control at a time when I feel out of control most of the time, re-treatment and COVID. It makes me happy to think that this process will be a little easier for some people in the years to come. Dory. I did this because you did, and it's such a win. Thank you. And thank you for keeping me company during this lonely process. Amy in Seattle. Honey, you're just changing lives out there, you know? This made me feel really good. I can't imagine why it wouldn't. It's a really big deal for those 30,000 folks out there in, in, in Washington. Yeah. 25,000 is good. That's no chump change. No. Or as I previously said, small potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, I think when I finally got BuzzFeed to give us some, it was 10,000. It's 25,000? Nothing to sneeze at. Completely. The Writers Guild is now covering infertility. I know. A little little late. (laughs) A little late. A little late, dickheads. (sighs) All right. This email is from Ashley. Do you want to read it? Sure. I'm writing a response to the listener who was nervous about her spontaneous pregnancy after a science baby. I was in the same boat, and though excited, I was scared out of my mind. Here's what I did to cope. Sought out an MFM. Multi-level marketing? No, the maternal fetal medicine. Consult. All right, very early at six weeks. Beyond infertility, I have other issues that I needed special care, but my age qualified me right off the bat. This allowed for extra imaging and genetic testing, which helped settle my nerves. I did have to push my OBGYN for the early referral, so be prepared to advocate for yourself. I sought support from a therapist specializing in infertility and maternal care. Postpartum Support International can help you find a list of qualified professionals in your area. They are great at any stage. The help of the therapist and the MFM extra imaging and tests, I worked on, my, on giving myself grace. I didn't really exhale until the 24 weeks of gestation. I was so grateful and so anxious at the same time. Pregnancy is hard, no matter how you get there. Sending love to your listener. That's Ashley Cicely, 1,200 square fit in Marietta, Georgia. Lost track of the hot dog count. But I've been looking forward to pork hot dogs to try. Looking for pork hot dogs to try. They are very difficult to find in my area. Welcome to also my area. Same thing over here, Ashley. Hmm. But for some reason, in the Northeast, plenty. That is so. Are they technically wieners versus hot dogs? Oh, this is this is huge, guys. What does that What does that mean? Wow. What if that's the case? And all this could, time, wieners don't even count. This could blow the the whole hot dog thing wide open. Speaking of hot dogs, we've got Bo regards Shafrir Myra making an appearance on the podcast once again. Those of you who don't remember our 80-pound uh, dog who uh, I would describe as uh, emotionally uh, active. Uh, well, he's here. Visiting. Sniffing all the wax that Dory spilled on the floor. All right. Hello. Hi. 
Um, Ashley, thank you for your input here. And good luck on your pork 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 dog search. Yeah. Um, all right. This is from Becky. Hi, Matt and Dory. Thank you very much for this podcast. I first found you a few years ago when I was pregnant with my first IVF baby, now three, and it was so great not to feel so alone in this process. I just gave birth to my second IVF baby, who is three months old. Both are donor egg babies from the same donor. Someone wrote in asking about preeclampsia in second IVF pregnancy. While I did not do reciprocal IVF, I did use a donor egg. I developed preeclampsia at the end of my first pregnancy at 39 weeks. I was induced while undergoing a magnesium drip for my blood pressure and eventually moved to an emergency C-section. Recovery for all for us all was pretty fast. I was very worried about developing preeclampsia again in my second pregnancy. My MFM also relayed to me that my chances of developing preeclampsia again were actually lower due to my body being exposed to the same genes as the first time around. I understand that wouldn't be true if the second embryo was from a different donor. I'm happy to report that my pregnancy went off without a hitch, no preeclampsia or other complications despite being 45 and overweight as well. So having other complicating factors. While obviously this is anecdotal, I wanted to share my experience. Since we are older parents, it was important for me to have a sibling for my first child. So that is one of the reasons I took the risk. I have to say I was pretty worried the whole pregnancy, but it all turned out for the best. Writing from a 2,500 square foot house in Northern Virginia with a 65 pound rescue dog. I've had several hot dogs, especially if you count bratwurst in with hot dogs. I don't. But in my defense, while pregnant, I wanted nothing but mac and cheese, and the perfect accompaniment for that is hot dogs. Oh, like cut up hot dogs. Seems in the mac to be a popular cheese. dish out there. Um, never really went for it myself. Yeah, me neither. My mother used to make like a Spanish rice with uh, with hot dogs in it. Mm. It was actually not. It wasn't bad. Hmm. Um, but thank you. And mac and cheese. Uh, I'm of two minds about mac and cheese. Sometimes it's great, but bad mac and cheese is real bad. That's true, but good mac and cheese is real good. Mm. Whereas, like, bad cake is still pretty good. Interesting theory. Thank you. Hmm. All righty. Um. Becky, thank you for writing in about this. Preeclampsia scares the shit out of me. Like it's it's very it's very scary. So anyway, is this part of uh, your um, sort of uh, trepidations in in in, in attempting again at, at a no. later age? No, no, it's not. I like. I had no um, warning signs of preeclampsia. My blood pressure was never high. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, it is something that can come on extremely suddenly. Yeah. Uh, but it, that was not one of the things that I was like worried about. Right. Um, but it is it is very scary. Um, there's a woman who just died at Cedars. She didn't. I don't think she had preeclampsia. She died a couple days after she gave birth. Um, she was 33. We don't really know much about it. And yeah, it's, it's that she died of unknown like birth complications, which is like terrifying. Ugh. Anyway, I feel so horrible for her family. Um, I don't know. I, I guess this is all in way of saying that like birth is still like a big fucking deal. Of as course. Matt saw when he saw me cut open on an operating table. Yeah. I saw your insides. Um, a lot of them. And I feel like sometimes people like don't remember that. Um Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. They were like, "Oh, you shouldn't look over the thing of a jiggy." And I was like, "I've seen autopsies." And they're like, "Oh, okay." Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you looked? I saw your insides, honey. Whoa. What they look like? Um uh, insides? Yeah. Nice. Cool. Good intestine. <laughs> Um, all right. This is from Caitlin. I've been an avid listener since the beginning, but this is my first time writing. Got a bit behind in episodes over the past year, but hope to catch up soon. I listened originally as I went through IUIs and IVF in parallel to you, Dory. I felt so seen by your experience. I was 35 when we finally conceived my now two-year-old daughter many years after my friends had children. But when I had her, I experienced immediate PPD 
and continue to be challenged by it today. It isn't the harm type of PPD, but instead an extreme depression. Mm. It was so confusing to experience it after having no mental health history and wanting and trying for a baby for so long. My daughter was high need from the beginning and did not stop shrieking until she was a year old and we realized she had reflux and a milk allergy. Wow. We later learned when introducing solids, she had tree nut and egg allergy as well. Lucky us. I honestly think my PPD was more PTSD from this traumatic experience. At five months old, the pandemic hit and piled on where I had no outside support. I haven't heard PPD discussed yet on your podcast and was curious if there are others that went through infertility so badly wanting a child but were baffled when they were so depressed post-birth. I ended up taking a medical leave from my big wig job in marketing and then downshifting my career as a result, which came with its own level of disappointment. This has been a confusing experience and I'm hoping or not hoping there are other listeners who are going through this as well. Caitlin, P.S. I just started. Thanks for waiting and love it so far. Great read. Thank you. Oh, Caitlin, I'm sorry. Um, you know, we, d- we have had people write in about PPD, PPA, postpartum rage, like all various postpartum issues that you, um, might not have gotten to because you're behind, but this is also something that I feel like has come up a lot in the Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure Pregnancy and Children group. This feeling of like, why the hell do I have PPD when like I I struggled so much to have a baby and I wanted this baby so badly? Well, that's, that's I think that's you know psychologically, it's like a lot of a lot of it is the chase right you're just chasing 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 you get it and you're like oh okay well now what right and it's like and then on top of the ppd what is he eating bo (laughs) what are you doing you're eating legos on top of the ppd you have guilt about the ppd because of course. You feel like you shouldn't have it. Yes. You, you know, I, well, this is all I ever wanted. Why right. am I feeling like this? Right. I'm such an ungrateful son of a bitch. Right. It's probably, you know, and it's... it's. But guess what? You're allowed to feel that way. And just because you went through infertility does not make you immune from PPD or PPA. Um, I would, if you are, if you are not in the Facebook group, I would go there and search for PPD, post your own... Did you have it? I did not have PPD. I think I, I might have had PPA, though. Uh, what is that? Apatheticness? What is the A? I don't know what the A is. <laughs> Anxiety. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't making a joke. Oh. I literally... It's also apathy. Well, you know, these acronyms could be whatever I want them to be. Um, I mean, I definitely had like anxiety and intrusive thoughts. And what's, like, what would be a form of an intrusive thought? Like I will say, you didn't have a. T- you, I don't remember you having a ton of uh, night terrors at that time. Probably because I was so tired. Mm. Like I was too tired to have night terrors. Interesting. <laughs> Intrusive thoughts are like when you, like, you can't help yourself from thinking about like catastrophic things that could happen to the baby. Right. I think that's normal, though. It might be normal, but it's still like upsetting. Right. I think we're all, I mean, I do that all the time. Constantly. I once read something about intrusive thoughts that they're like a survival, they're like a survival mechanism. Well, it's like, you know, it's, for me, when I think of things, crazy bananas scenarios that could happen, it's, my brain is like, okay, then how do I deal with that when that happens? What is that? How do I prevent that? Yeah. So exactly. It's a survival mechanism. How do I make sure that this doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like scary yeah like i will all whenever you're not here it doesn't happen very often but whenever you're not here and i have i'm i'm henry's sole provider i crank that fucking monitor up and Mm. i sleep with it next to my head interesting i mean i don't know what that is is that just me going like well i don't want the blame He died on my watch. Like the other night, like the other night, uh, you went somewhere Friday, Poker. and I dr- I was doing a podcast, but I was like, uh, I had to like, I was like, I had to find the monitor, drag it out to the house, to the to my office, mm. which I should always do anyway. 
that I was feeling extra guilty about not being able to find it for a little while, but I did find it. Interesting. Um, hmm. Well, listen, Caitlin, I'm thinking of you, and if you haven't talked to a therapist yet, um, I would do that, because even if you don't feel like you don't still have PPD, it sounds like you're, you now have you now have PTSD from the PPD. Mm. Um, So I would, I would, if you can, I would find a therapist who can kind of help you talk through this. Um, Okay. We have a voicemail. Okay. Do you want to do it now or when we come back? Um, We can do it when we come back. All right. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for a voicemail. Just kidding. We're going to do the voicemail right now. Here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. I had to pause the podcast. I was listening to the caller emailer, <laughs> I should say, that wanted to go to the clinic in New York because their home state clinic was posing weight limits, which first and foremost, I will say that posing the weight limit is completely bullshit. I do agree with you, Dory, 100% there. That should not be a hindrance to the process. It's the topic of fat phobia that that inspire me to to make this call and this is a lot from my personal experience with my fatness i don't think people are fat i don't think i don't think most people are fat phobic or well let's say medical professionals i don't think they're fat phobic in like ooh, that person is fat i hate the way they look i think it's due to their health like i'm scared of the fat that i still have i worry about overweight people that I see and and it's nothing based off of what their looks beauty at any size yes health at any size no it's 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 a very complicated relationship and it's also way more complicated and tumultuous whenever your body such as PCOS is working against you and preventing you from losing the weight in a relatively easy manner, there's there's no easy way, well, easy, safe way to lose weight. Um, sorry if I'm rambling, but I just don't want to seem like, like I am saying that a lot of that phobia is taken the wrong way, but like, I don't want to seem like that terrible person. But I just think like, oh, this is a way that you could be healthy, but I think this is the wrong place to address it. The weight should come in your primary care doctor's visit, not in the fertility clinic visit. So I hope I I stated my point clearly. I don't think I ever do. I just got on Vyvanse for my ADHD, which I'm on my third week, and my psychiatrist like, it'll take about a month to kick in. So here's hoping. Um, Just know that I'm on the caller side, um, and I think we should all be healthy. Uh, much love to everybody and their journeys. Um, I don't think the hot dog count has changed. Still don't know what the square footage of my house is. Uh, I love you all. Bye. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Bo is eating something again. Mm-hmm. Like dirt? I don't know what Bo is doing. Oh, are you still sick? Why don't we open the door a little bit and let Bubble go out? Okay. And then he can make up his mind about what he's doing. He's probably like, I'm tired of eating dirt. I'm going to go eat grass now. Bo is quite a weirdo. He threw Um, up on our bed the other day. He threw up on our bed yesterday. I saw it happening. And I just was like, I, 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 I thought about picking him up. But I didn't. And then the other night, too. We're going to get back to this phone call. Thank you, by the way, for calling in a second. But the other night, we were, we put Henry down. And I heard him with a short, blah. And I was like, I think he puked. And Dory's like, no, he'd be crying if he puked. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I think he puked. And I was like... I was like, oh, go just go check if you think he puked. Like, I was just like, oh, I know he didn't yeah. puke. And then, of course, he had puked. I opened up the door and <laughs> his whole pillow was covered. And he was just like a little, little like punch drunk. Like, what happened? He was so sad about his pillow. Yeah. But he liked having the elephant pillow. Oh, he did. He yes. the pillow. Yes, that's true. All right. Now back to that call. Thank you for calling. Fat phobia is a thing. 
Uh, I'm not entirely sure what causes it. Am I afraid of myself? Fairly often. Um, but that sentiment at the end there, everyone just be healthy. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that call. Um, okay. <laughs> what? I was thinking of uh, the other day, Wednesday. I was at uh, I was at work, and it was early. It was one of those mornings where like I got up very early, mm-hmm. uh, and like it was like eight thirty in the morning. I was very hungry, and I was like, "Oh, there's nothing at this truck." So I got half of a bear claw and a monster energy, and I walked over to Buddy, our prop master slash my friend, and I said, <laughs> "And I was like, hey, look, it's the picture of health.'" He's like, he, he he goes home and he eats, what does he describe to me? He's like, a hard-boiled egg, one slice of avocado toast, and an apple. Like, but he like, works out all the time, too. So it's oh, very boy. funny that we're always around each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's now go to break, and we'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Story, we're back. Let's do whatever it is we're doing. More email. All right. This next email is from Anonymous. Question for the pod. I currently work from home with an hourly rate job, eight hours a day. I also have an 11-month-old baby whom I simultaneously take care of. Thus far, my employer, who is in the education slash NICU sector, has been okay with the situation. However, now that my baby is almost walking, my manager has made the claim that I couldn't possibly do both, working from home and taking care of the baby at the same time. I'm not in a position to have any form of childcare. And as far as I know, in California, there are no laws that protect mothers in this way. I'm due to have a conversation with my manager about my work situation. I have been able to meet all the job requirements and I believe I can continue moving forward. The only issue has been the baby occasionally interrupting Zoom meetings. Wondering if you or any eggheads have advice on how to continue forward. All right. Well, I consulted someone I know who is an employment attorney, not in California. And this is not, this should not be construed as legal advice. Um, But they said you should consult an attorney. (laughs) Well, they said, you know, consult an attorney in California. Um, They also said this is possibly discriminatory. And um, California is a very worker friendly state. So I would not be so sure that you do not have some protections. It, it does seem odd to me that California would not have anything on the books to protect mothers. Um, well, it could be a sex discrimination um, issue if they're letting other people work from home who have like other distractions. Hmm. Um, this is just like a dick move. I mean, the other thing I would say, and like maybe you just don't have the energy to do this, but like it's a job seekers market right now like people are quitting their jobs in droves and so if you have the time and the energy to start looking for another job i would do that also i mean let's throw everything up to into people i would also look for a new place to live (laughs) thank you okay um okay this uh Next email is from Kim says our son is a week younger than Henry and we have had a very similar sleeping situation with him lately. He has always been a great sleeper, sometimes even foregoing cuddles slash songs and asking to get in his crib to go to sleep. (laughs) However, a few weeks ago, he started being very clingy, crying and not wanting us to leave the room when he went to bed. Similar to Henry, when we asked him what was wrong, excuse me, he would just say, I feel sad, but couldn't articulate why it was so heartbreaking. I will say it was several weeks after his brother was born, so we are assuming it's been due to the emotional turmoil of that. Interesting. My husband started giving him a stuffed lion toy he has and told him, if you feel sad or scared, you can give lion a big hug. And that has worked like a charm. 
Now he will even ask for Lion when he goes to bed, sometimes saying, Lion makes me feel better. Oh, that's very cute. IDK, if something like that will help Henry, but I'm so sorry you guys are going through that. It's so, so sad to see them upset and not be able to fix it for them. I guess this is parenting. Am I right? This is Kim in 3,700 square feet in Columbus, Ohio, with a husband, two and a half year old Clomid toddler, 11 week old spontaneous pregnancy baby. 13-year-old lab mix angel from heaven <laughs> and an annoying AF four-year-old flame point Siamese cat. I've had about 10 hot dogs this year. Question mark. She doesn't know for a fact. Yeah, that's true. Thank you for that clarification. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that this you is You have a son that is a week younger than Henry and is going through this like weirdly exact same thing. I feel like there should be more information about this because it does seem to be some sort of de- developmental thing. Yeah. I mean, is it a cognitive thing, too? Where, like, now he's, like, more aware of what's happening? I think that is part of it. Like, he's, like, aware that, like, he's going to stay in there and the lights, you know, it's very dark and uh, he won't see his parents until the morning. I think, I think there is, I think it is coinciding with a lot of cognitive awareness. Yeah. It's interesting. For sure. Um, the lion, that's a, you know, it's a decent idea. Henry might go for something like that. Yeah, with maybe Bunny or Mickey or Corduroy. Well, I feel like he's like got a stacked crew in there right now. He does. He has his peeps. Um, <laughs> the other day, so like what I've been doing to try to help him out with his thing is like when he talks about waking up, I'm like, well, what do you want to, what do you want to do when you wake up? You know, last couple mm-hmm. of days because I'm home, and he's like, he'll tell me, he's like, well, I want to, you know, like yeah, uh, the other day he had a there's a space heater in his room because the thermostat is such that like his room gets super hot if we put it on and also our heat's not working that well anyway. (laughs) Our heat is not working right now. Yeah. But there's a space heater in his room and he doesn't like the light on it. Uh, And he really wanted to move the space heater and not turn it on. And I was like, we can move the space heater tomorrow because this was like bedtime. And he was like, okay, move space heater. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so you want to add that to the list? What are we doing tomorrow? He's like, move space heater. Go in Dita's office. Then what? Eat raisin toast. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, so that's the order you want to do things? He's like, yeah. He goes, yeah. <laughs> like, duh. And then yesterday morning when I went in and got him, I was like, all right, bud, what do you want to do? He's like, move heater. <laughs> so, like, he obviously <laughs> thought about it for a while, like, like had been thinking of it and also i was surprised that he remembered like i feel like i I always thought like kids eh, they don't remember no he definitely remembers he definitely remembers it's it's interesting to me yeah i don't mind if he remembers i try to keep my word to the child me too um all right you know, a couple of weeks ago, we heard from someone who was asking how to get their kid to wear masks because they were in the uk and um kids what'd she say under five maybe don't generally wear masks there, but they're getting on an international flight. So Melinda had some tips Um, and Melinda works in early intervention. And this has been a common concern Uh. of many parents we work with since the pandemic began. So here are a few ideas she has definitely experiment with many types of masks. There are so many out there and it can be a lot of trial and error finding what's comfortable for each individual. Many have found a basic child size surgical mask to be lightweight and tolerable on a relative scale, but your mileage may vary. Pretend play, put masks on favorite stuffed animals and dolls and talk about how we wear our masks just like Corduroy does or whatever lovable character your child is Mm -hmm. into. Use the power of peers. Visit places where other children are more likely to be masked to help normalize it. Well, that sounds like it would be hard in the UK because no one is wearing them. Mm, I mean, the kids aren't wearing them. Well, I bet. I wonder if it's like an indoor thing. So maybe like a museum or something. Oh, maybe. Even very young children are often interested in doing what other kids are doing. Toddler peer pressure for the win. That reminds me that Henry's also like talking about getting bigger. Yeah. So, I'm worried that we're going to wake up one morning and he'll be seven feet tall. <laughs> like he can feel himself yeah. growing. Get some plain masks and fabric markers and have fun decorating your own masks oh, together. Use songs. Most kids love music and silly songs. There are lots out there on YouTube about wearing masks. Identify some fun activities or items your child will be highly motivated by and save them for mask time. Talk about how during mask time we wear our masks to be safe or follow the rules or whatever your family's explanation is and we get to play with special items. This could be anything. 
stickers, Play-Doh, whatever, as long as it's something they only use while masking. The novelty helps distract from the mask and also give them something to look forward to. You could then bring some of those special masking toys slash activities on the plane with you as well. So they understand airplanes have mask time, but the special toys will be there too. Sensory issues can be a huge barrier to masking. You can get special brackets to put inside masks to hold them away from the child's face, which makes it more comfortable for some. Wait, if the masks are held away from the child's face, how do they work? Magic. (laughs) All right. Um, Ear savers or masks with straps that go around the head rather than ear loops that are also sometimes more tolerable. Use that visual timer option, a small one or on a phone for the plane to help the child visualize how long they'll be wearing the mask. Even on a long flight, it could be used to show we're wearing the mask for 30 minutes. Then we'll have a break for a drink and snack before we set our timer again. Time timer was a lifesaver when our son was young for so many situations. Sesame Street also has some online resources about masking for young children that could be useful. I hope one or more of these tips is helpful helpful to the listener who reached out and anyone who's in the challenge this challenging parenting situation. Also, I love that there's now an ADHD portion of the pod. Two people very close to me are diagnosed and the resources that have been recommended are spot on. There are tons of great books and websites out there, but some are better than others. So it can feel a bit like mining for gold to find the good and helpful stuff. How to, a- how to ADHD on YouTube is a channel that tends to be highly recommended in ADHD circles. If you're looking for more content in ADHD, TikTok is huge. Last but not least, I'm an ologite. It was fun to hear Allie mention on last week's pod. It makes my nerd heart happy to think about some of my favorite podcasters knowing each other in real life. I'll do you one better. Uh, this podcast exists essentially because of Allie. It was Allie who I was with the Friday night that I decided to go on Tinder for only the weekend. <laughs> uh, she was like, oh, just try it. She's like, you know, cause I would always swipe for her <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, woof. I mean, not, not, not a lot of great options out there. Everybody, uh, especially, uh, cis ladies. I'm sorry. How I'm sorry. But I was like, yeah, no, I'll, all right, I'll try it for like, I'll try it, I'll try it till Monday. So I went on and then matched with Dory that weekend and then got off on Sunday. Yeah. So not only do do we know Allie, she's a dear friend and uh, you're welcome (laughs) for this podcast. (laughs) Um, all right. Sending wishes for a healthy holiday season to all and hoping the back to work shift is feeling manageable for Matt and everyone else too. Mm. Well, it's not feeling manageable for Henry. That's right. Everyone but Henry right now. (laughs) Melinda in Maine in 1700 square feet with two woodworking shops and a blacksmith forge. Nice. What? With me, the hubs, 13-year-old son, two cats, two bunnies, a bunch of fish, and at this point in the year, refusing to speculate on number of hot dogs. (laughs) But the hot dog report always makes me... Wish we had a Costco where we live. One of the few downfalls of rural Maine living. I mean, sounds like you're doing okay otherwise. I always walk outside in Los Angeles and go, there's not a single blacksmith shop here. Seriously, we do not have room for a blacksmith forge on our property. Let alone two pieces, two woodworking shops. I love it. That's amazing. Ugh. Jelly. Um, thank you for these tips. These are great. Um, I did have something I wanted to bring up in this portion of the podcast, and I was curious about what our listeners do. What do we do about the concept of Santa Claus? Mm. Because we were just talking about it. Henry remembers wanting to move the heater the next day. So cognitively, I feel like he's aware of what a Santa Claus, what Santa Claus might be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there might be kids still listening, so I'll talk about it uh, in kid-friendly manners. <laughs> Uh, how do you introduce it to them? Question for Dory. Do you even want to introduce it to him? I mean... I got a lot of joy out of it as a kid, and I never really had any problems when I got older. I... I don't know. Mm. I don't I honestly don't know. I'm not sure I'd allow the elf on the shelf to monitor us. No, definitely not Elf on the Shelf. That feels like a little too much work and a little manipulative. Yes, I agree. That Elf should be busy elsewhere, not with me. 
Um, yeah, I I do not like the concept of Elf on the Shelf at all. Or the Mench on the Bench. Or the Mench on the Bench or any permutation thereof. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, I'm also trying to like think it back in my head of like, how did I become indoctrinated into the Santa Clausiness of the of 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 the December holiday? I guess my big thing about Santa is I I would if we do Santa, like I kind of leave that to you because you're the Christmas person. Like, I I just want it to be someone who brings joy. I don't like the whole like Santa knows if you've been naughty or nice or you know. You could get coal in your stocking if you're not good. Like I don't Look, like using Santa as a threat to like brother, keep kids on their best behavior. Like that brother, feels gross to me. My brother once took all got up before me, took all the stuff out of my stocking and put coal in it as a practical joke, and it ruined me. I was so sad about it. I mean, that's really mean. It was really mean, but he was like uh I don't know, fourteen. Mm. And I was like seven. Mm. So, son of a bitch. But yes, I understand what you're saying. And I agree. It was never like, I will say, my parents never used Santa as any sort of threat. That's good. Like, there was never a, like, you better better do this or Santa's not going to come. Right, which is, which is what I feel like the origin of Elf on a Shelf is. Like, the elf is always watching to, like, make sure that Look, you're behaving. Sometimes Santa can't be everywhere, honey. Right, and an elf I know. Has to do it. I know, but I don't. I don't like that aspect of the whole Santa mythology. That's an, you realize that Elf and Shelf never existed when I no, was. No, no, I do. I fully understand that he was born later. Yes. Um. So I don't know. It's definitely a, something that we should like. But like, I'm like, out. do I like? Do we put on like a like a like a like one of those sixties claymation things, like stop motion things, and like that's how he figures it out, or how do you how do you do that? How do you introduce the concept of Santa to children? All right, that's my question. Thank okay. you. People answer it if you'd like to or not. Thank you. Um Okay. We are going to move on to this email from Monroe. Says, Happy Hanukkah. My wife and I are celebrating our first as a married couple. This nice. won't be a message for advice, but I just wanted to send an update to when I was featured on the podcast, which was amazing. <laughs> the Disney and Universal honeymoon was so fun. We stayed at Pop Century Resort at Disney. Nice. And then the new Endless Summer Dockside Inn at Universal. It was so funny because I normally get an average of 2,500 to 3,500 steps a day. Oh, Monroe. You got to walk a little bit more than that. But on this trip, I got over 18,000 on average, many days more than 20,000. I was able to enjoy a lot of food, including vegan dinner at Ohana. I definitely overdid it at times, but that was on me. Disney <laughs> and Universal <laughs> offered great options for my health restrictions. There was one day we did have to leave the park early as I had an episode of pancreatitis. Oh, that's painful. I'm sorry, Monroe. Luckily, I was able to manage it without seeking medical care, but we were worried. The day after the worst of the pain, we hit Universal's Volcano Bay, which was amazing, and the rides helped lessen the pain even more. My wife and I also got to treat our nearly one-year-old niece, who we only met for the first time for the wedding, for, uh -huh. to her first Disney experience. So yes, the trip was overwhelming, but my wife made sure I got the rest I needed, and we had a blast. I look forward to continuing listening each week. My partner and I... We'll be starting the process of trying for a baby very soon, and I know it will be quite the process, and hearing everyone's unique experiences on your show is very helpful. Have a nice holiday season. Best Monroe. Nice. Aww. Yeah, I know. Like, we hit like, I think I hit like 20 some odd thousand steps. Oh, yeah. Then Dory and I had the discussion of my legs are shorter than hers. So, turns out I take 44 steps. Dory takes 38. Yeah, we did a. <laughs> Even though I'm much taller than her. He didn't believe me. And no, I. No, was... I believed you. I just didn't care for the actual facts. <laughs> So we did a test of like, okay, how many steps does it take you to get to the gold, that gold Winnie the Pooh statue? And that actually was the test. Yeah. And it took me 50th Winnie the Pooh, 38. I took 44 steps. So yeah, she's like, well, how do you have more steps than I do? I'm like, because he always had like, and we were together the whole day. I always we had were, like 2,000 more he, steps. Yeah, he would always have like 2,000 to 3,000 more steps. But I was wandering a bit more off than you. A bit, but a not bit. like 3,000 steps more. I think so. No. Anyway, thank you. Um. All right. This is from Colleen. Mm -hmm. Matt, Mickey used to talk in that meet and greet. Oh, wow. This is in reference to the meet and greet we did with Mickey that Henry wanted to do four times. 
um, at like in town square at Disney World. Um, and the mirror image setup is likely because there was a centralized center for the tech that allowed him to talk. Yeah. Talking character initiative like Crush and Monsters yeah. Inc. Yeah, that's interesting. They did take Mickey's voice away because it had a lot of unscheduled downtime. Um, at least that's what they think, but pretty sure why they have the room set up that way. Huh. BTW, could you do parent switch up in the lines with Genie Plus? And if so, is it one companion, two companions, or just the one rider? I'm bummed to hear about the food. Yikes. I'll be there in January with a five and two year old. Thanks, Colleen. Uh, we didn't do any. We just essentially just rode stuff that Henry fit on. Yeah. So we all went together the whole time. Yeah. Like I didn't, you know, I've been on those rides so many times that I just was like, it's okay if we don't, I don't ride Space Mountain or whatever. Right. Yeah. So we, unfortunately. I don't even remember what we rode when we went to the after hours thing. I know the first thing I dragged you to was the people mover. Yes, we did ride the people mover. Because there was mover, no line. And it got stuck. We did Splash Mountain. Yeah, we did Splash Mountain. Did we do anything else? We wanted to go on Jungle Cruise, but even at the Jungle after Cruise hours thing, it was wait. still 45 minutes and we were just like, mm. yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. Um, okay. Moving on. Good evening, Dory and Matt. I have a question that may divide you two. Mm. Which do each of you prefer as hosts of Great British Bake Off? Mel and Sue yes. or Matt and Noel or Noel and Sandy? My favorite is Mel and Sue, personally. Correct. Living in 840 square feet in Austin, Texas with one cat, one husband, and a total hot dog consumption of 15 so far this year. Thanks, Julia. Yeah, I agree. Ma- Mel and Sue. I miss Mel, Mel and Sue. Mel and Sue were great. Uh, I, now, let me tell you, I love Noel, and I love Matt, and I loved Sandy, and the, the, the combination of Noel and Sandy was, I think, a little more... Of a of a cool combo than Nolan Matt. People on the internet hate Matt. Why? I, like they really don't like him. They That's think he's like rude, and I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I I keep seeing things where people are like Matt is the worst. Uh, they're 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 constant competition with each other to see who can say the stupidest, least funny thing which I get is very enjoyable for them is just like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, guys, come on. <laughs> um, okay. Stephanie writes, can we have a GGB, G B B O section this week? There's been little discussed on the pod for the latest season. I'd love to hear your overall thoughts. I thought I'd share just a few. The penult the penultimate episode was maybe one of the best I've seen. Interesting. I thought they were going to say that for the first time ever there would be four in the final. Dory said that too. I did say that. Um, okay, this is a spoiler. So if you haven't watched the season, shh, uh, not shush, I guess. Don't uh-huh, look, uh-huh. fast forward. I thought it was really bad optics oh, when they- Spoiler portion. Spoiler portion. <laughs> skip ahead. I thought it was really bad optics when they sent Lizzie home. She had finally achieved her finesse on a cake celebrating her neurodiversity, and she got sent home that week, and she and Christelle were pretty much neck and neck that episode. Yeah. I I, 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 I was shocked. She did finally deliver the thing they were asking for and then send her home. Yeah. Out. It was like, what? I no. agree. Um, WTF was up with the achy Bradley but I also I also don't think she would have lasted the next week. I agree. I agree with that. So they might have been going like, well, we'll just extend the inevitable here. Yeah, true. Uh, the achy... The achy bakey heart opener was... uh, That was something. It was... was, I don't understand. The openers have been... Bizarre. So bizarre. Um, And that is from Stephanie. Hot dog update. It's now five this year after having my baby in July and pregnancy no longer ruling my appetite. Nice. Okay, this is really big spoiler. Yeah. So really, if you haven't watched, don't listen to the rest of the episode. Storm Kimberly, were you all as upset as me about Jurgen's dismissal? Hashtag justice for Jurgen. And were you delighted to see Giuseppe win? Um, I was, I think Jurgen just got outbaked that week. Honestly. Yeah. Jurgen, like... I thought Jurgen did deserve to be sent home that week if you were just evaluating him on that week. And ultimately, I think, you know, Jurgen's one of the better bakers there for sure. But that week, he did not, it, it just didn't break his way. Giuseppe winning was the biggest surprise of any bake-off, I think, as far as who won. Because... Just based again if, on the week. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you're if you're saying 
like well Jurgen deserved to be sent home that week because he was the worst baker that week then like Giuseppe did not deserve to win because he did not have the best performance right that he lost the technical I mean first of all his signature was fine and his showstopper they loved the panna cotta but they like they didn't love the rest of it I think Chiggs should have won. Chiggs probably... Chiggs had time, by the way, to finish that fucking cake decoration. Yeah, that was weird. I wonder if he just, like, forgot. It was so strange. Um, And I think had Chiggs finished that decoration, he would have won. Well, and I think if Christelle hadn't fucked up the focaccia... Oh, my God. Guys, when she was adding <laughs> oil to it... We were both like, what I was is like, she doing? And then she was, like, <laughs> baking it. She baked it for 15 minutes. I was like, that is not enough time to do anything to that oil. No. It was very weird. Oh, my God. Like, what happened? It was really like a brain fart. It was very strange. Okay. Thank you. And, yes, I was happy for Giuseppe because of how happy the other two contestants were for him. Yes. Yes. Like, they, they, you know, he seemed like a great guy, and uh, they were really happy for him, and I get happy when people get happy. So I was like, all right, Giuseppe, you did it. Yeah. I mean, I love Giuseppe. I just didn't think, based on that episode, that he necessarily deserved to win. All right. right. Um, This brings us to the end of the show. And this is the part of the show where we thank our Patreon supporters. So a reminder, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. And thank you to the following people. Angie James. Ariana Perry. Bethany Wipperman. Diane M. Martin. Emily F. Evelyn Schmevelin. Mary Jo George. Nassim Kansari. Don. Katie Allen. Lane and Kate Seppala. Sophia F. Carolyn Land. Jennifer H.S. Tyler Rosewood. Abba N. Alec Meredith Fletcher and Florence Babel. Alex Bell. Uh, Alex Liu. Amanda Lady. Amy. Andrew McClure. Ann Flucker. Ann K. One, two, three, four, five. Anonymous. April Hallwerda. Aurora and Zelda. Becca Foster. Bianca Loria. Britt S. Baker. Bruno Macias. Carly Moore. Carolyn N. Casey Rowe. Kathy Hill. Shinami Worth. Christina Smith. Cynthia Meisner. Diana. Diana Robinson. Dr. Beverly Crusher. Edwina Goodingham. Edwina Morgan Bodo. Elena Paling. Aaron. And Aaron Gudge. There goes the Gudge. Thanks, everybody. Bye. We'll see you next week. Bye.